0: Hi there. You're listening to the praying Christian women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. How are you doing? Good. I love your setup. You've got some PCW swag behind you. There. I moved over for anyone as you moved video, over. Moved That's over. right. Yeah. For all our podcast listeners, you could, you could hear the shuffle of Jamie. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right. And I have my prayer plant. So I I know. I love that. plant. I I put the plant here for the interviews for our conference for the Mm -hmm. online conference. I kind of got the area set up a little bit and I put this plant here that you gave me and it was a, I know it looks gorgeous. Well, it was a beautiful plant. And then I don't know what happened, but it started to wilt. Like I, I just, I don't know what I did, but anyway, I took cuttings because I was scared it would die. Mm -hmm. And I ended Mm -hmm. up being right, but the cuttings have done wonderfully so it acts like just a normal plant so it's great they look great and that's
0: just water that they're in or are they yeah. back in soil it's they're just, just in water oh.
1: and actually it's kind of getting oh older. and look, look at look those roots, roots. Oh. they're so pretty yeah they're i love looking
0: at the roots well maybe you can see behind me so prayer plants are actually they're uh, trickier plants like they're not necessarily great for like this is my very first time owning a house plant um but I've got some in glass jars behind me I took some clippings from mine because mine's doing amazing it it made it through the winter (laughs) and and now it's just going like crazy with like five new leaves a day so I took some of the clippings and have them just in glass jars on the shelf behind me they're so pretty and I love watching little roots growing
1: Those would make really sweet little gifts. Like if you had a gift you wanted Mm -hmm. to give to somebody or a teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, you just decorate the little mason jar and give it to somebody. Except
0: in a way, it's like giving somebody a puppy as a gift. Do you know what I mean? Like That's true. (laughs) It's like, don't kill it. Like, how many times have I had to tell you, like, it's okay if this plant dies, like my friendship with you is not contingent on how well you do at keeping this plant alive.
1: And yet deep down, I sort of feel like it is.
0: (laughs) Our friendship (laughs) will last as long as these flowers
1: flourish. That's right. (laughs) But I love having it in the background. So, and I told you this. So when I I recorded one of the interviews for our conference and I was scrolling back and forth with the little tool, Mm -hmm. the editing tool, and I could actually see the plant in real Real time, like transforming, you know, how they fold their leaves in yeah, the evening they and they open back up. up. It was in the so process cool. of opening for whatever reason. I don't know if it was the light that I have in here or uh-huh. what causes them to open, but it, it was like opening throughout the interview. It was really fun.
0: That is so cool. I'm going to be so distracted just staring over your shoulder the entire episode. Let see if can catch Well, them.
1: and coincidentally, our episode is about plants, about prayer lessons, gardening. So, I mean, how appropriate is it that we have? You know plant discussion some chit chat about
0: plants no i'm super excited should we go ahead and open with a word of prayer let's do it
1: i've forgotten what i do here stop my i know i'm looking for my video buttons too like right now god we just thank you for this day thank you for this time to get back on and record and to discuss how we can glean prayer lessons from all over the place including gardening and caring for plants Um, Lord, we just thank you that you, you speak to us through your word in ways that we can understand that Jesus spoke in parables and that you have displayed elements of who you are through your creation and just through things that, that continually make it more clear what our relationship with you is like and, and how we can get to know you better through just all these different, different um, facets of life. Bless this time, Lord. We thank you for technology and pray that you'd be sovereign over it. Guide our conversation and just help us to bless the people listening and and help us to learn as we talk and just all together to glorify you through this episode. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our verse of the day is from John 15, verses 1 through 17 from the NIV. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So just one one of the many horticultural analogies.
0: I know. Let's see how many we can rattle up. Let's see if we can get up to 10 biblical agriculture oh references. So we've okay. got the, I am the vine, you are the branches, mm-hmm. uh, fake the size of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. You will know people by their fruit, by their fruit, fruit of the spirit, um, the fruit of the spirit. Absolutely. We have all of Isaiah where it talks about, you know, they're going to take their weapons of war and all I can think of is the lame is paraphrase. They will um, walk behind the plowshares and put away their swords. <laughs> but I know that's an Isaiah. Well, yeah. And um, reaping
1: and reap the reaping A man or, reaps
0: what he sows.
1: And then also the final like sifting. Well, that that's two different ones. The wheat and the chaff where yeah. the, the return and the judgment will be like um, separating the wheat from the chaff. Mm-hmm. And then there's Simon Peter, like. You will be
0: sifted like wheat sifted like wheat. Yep. There's the, um, I think it's Joel. I will restore the years. The locusts have eaten, you know, mm-hmm. that beautiful promise after their locust famine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how about go ahead. Do you oh. have one?
1: Well, I was going to say one of my favorites talks about, um, you know, that you will be like a well-watered plant with your mm-hmm. roots running deep so that you still yeah. get water even during the dry seasons. I totally butchered that, but you know what I mean? No,
0: we could, we could even keep going. Yeah. It's funny when you stop and look at that. We did that when, when we started raising chickens, we've been out of chickens for a couple of years, but when we were raising chickens, I started to realize how many just American idioms had to do with chicken rearing, yes, you know, like you could easily rattle off a dozen, you know, flew the coop. Don't count your chicks before they hatch. All you know, uh, bring all your, your hen. eggs in
1: one basket. Don't put
0: all your eggs in one basket. That's it was, true. I mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, you know, like it's coming home to roost all mm-hmm. of these. So yeah, it's, I think it's an amazing picture of how God speaks to us based on who we are, where we are based on our culture, right? There are some Christians who think that anything that comes from pop culture or something that's not specifically from the church is inherently evil. And I think God uses all of those things. I remember, I think I told you this story once. I had a friend who was saved at a... um, can't think of his name, Michael Jackson concert, where he like sat down and did this like acoustic version of the song, You Are Not Alone. And God used that song to speak to her and she was saved. So my opinion, like God can use anything. And so today we're going to be talking about how God can use our love or maybe not all love, but (laughs) the hobby of gardening. Uh, For me, when I say gardening, I'm less talking about like going out and planting tomatoes and more about all the house plants that I keep indoors
1: and I'm um, kind of the opposite because I do I love house plants I took an indoor plants in college and I learned how to you know cut cut <clears throat> cuttings and root them and everything and I I loved it I had a very nice um collection of of cuttings that I kind of nurtured into plants but I um I don't know something about lately I'm since I've had kids I've been more distracted and not mm-hmm. as successful but what I do love and when I think of gardening, I love vegetable gardening in the yeah. spring and the summer because I just love the idea of planting something and then like actually being able to eat what comes mm-hmm. from what really neat about that. But I do. I love plants of all kinds.
0: Yeah, it's actually. And I think <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, all right. right. Brings
1: us to our just for fun question. Yes. Um, which is to tell us about one of your favorite plants and why you love it. But did you have something else you wanted to say before? I probably did,
0: but it's out of my brain right now. Oh am no. sure we'll, we'll circle back to it if we were meant to. Oh, I remember basically like even if you hate plants or you never want to garden or, you know, maybe you live in a skyrise apartment and you have like zero windows in your house, whatever it is. I hope that the lessons you get here Are still applicable, you know, whether or not you're a gardener. And also, I hope that it helps you start to look at the things that you do love the passions and the hobbies and the just kind of extracurricular activities that you love and just start asking yourself what lessons God might have for you in those. But yes, are just for fun. Yeah, that's Uh, great. What is my favorite plant? I have a lot. Um, I've got one right behind me. This is definitely an episode where our our patrons get uh, some advantage because we've got more video reference than normal. Um, The one behind me, do you see that kind of orange, big, bushy type one? Yes. I might be in the way still. No, I see it. I know what that
1: one is and I can't remember the name from indoor plants, but it's a very
0: Yeah, it's a croton and this one it's cute. It's called a Joseph's coat because it's so colorful. Mm -hmm. So I like that. It's my most colorful plant. And also like apparently they're really, really uh, particular and pretty hard to grow well. And this one just it's so healthy. It was my first one. I got it from like itty bitty bitty. Mm -hmm. So I love the color. And I just I kind of like that I have one that's a little more unique that so far hasn't given me any trouble.
1: That's great. What about you? Well, my prayer plant is definitely my favorite. I love the
0: prayer plants too. It is. It's my favorite indoor plant and I
1: love the way it changes throughout the day Mm -hmm. and depending on where I put it, because I do move it. This room doesn't get a lot of light. I haven't Mm -hmm. read up. That's, this is probably why the other one passed away. (laughs)
0: I, a moment of silence for Jamie's <laughs> prayer Because, well,
1: it didn't really, because I still have it. But I, I think I I move it because it doesn't get a lot of light in here. So I do take it downstairs. Like if I'm not recording for a while, I'll take mm-hmm. it down in the glass and, and let it kind of get some light. But depending on where I put it, it acts differently too. Like the leaves yeah. kind of fold up. The reason it's called a prayer plant, for those that don't know, is the leaves kind of like fold up. Where's my, like fold up like
0: that kind of. Uh-huh.
1: Like hands
0: praying. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up, so my office does have a window, but since at least half of the plants are in here, it's, it's not the best of windows. And so I've got some grow lights on a timer and they just turn on like around two in the morning and stay on until I wake up. Uh, So that might be something you could consider, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to turn your office into a little jungle.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: But no, I love the prayer plants. I love when they're just big and full and bushy and beautiful. Um, Yeah, they're good ones too. All right. So I made up just a list. And so this is kind of in no particular order at all of just, I started to think about all the things that plants can teach us, like how tending plants can teach us just truths about our spiritual lives and specifically about prayer. So to dive in, like I said, these aren't in any specific order. I think one of the really important lessons is this idea of seasons. Like all winter, basically my goal is to keep the plants from dying. And I kind of know, cause we get really cold. My office would get to like 56 degrees Fahrenheit oh, wow. some days like that's let's see if you're in Celsius, that's probably a good, like at least 10 degrees below a comfortable room temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, And just keep in mind that comfortable Alaska room temperature is like five degrees (laughs) colder than, you know, typical room temperature. So, you know, my goal just through the winter is just to keep them alive. And I think that the more we can think about our lives as coming in seasons and waves and cycles, I think that allows us to give so much grace to ourselves. You know, like those of us who have had newborns and know what it's like to be recovering from a pregnancy and from a labor and delivery and to have a baby who doesn't sleep. Like we know that that is not the time to feel guilty because your house is a mess or because you haven't followed up with, you know, calling your friends. Like, we know how to give grace to a brand new mom. She might not know how to give grace to herself, but we know that. And I think this idea of sometimes we go through seasons where I, I think this is going to sound more melodramatic than I mean it to, but where surviving is an act of worship. You know, like I think of early pandemic and early lockdown, where basically, like, I woke up and my one goal for the day was to stay healthy and to keep my family from getting sick. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just, it looks like just survival, but that's okay, right? We don't, we're not always in periods of intense fruit producing, right? We're not always in seasons of intense ministry. And if we are, that can lead us to get unhealthy, or maybe we have, you know, like roots are so important Mm -hmm. for A plant, right? You can have something that looks beautiful. Even Jesus talked about the 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 farmer, the sower who went out and sowed his seeds. And yeah, there were some seeds that like they grew really, really fast, but there was no root. And so boom, they just they fizzle out. Sometimes we see this with like celebrity Christians, where you know they uh they're in the spotlight, they confess Christ. They make a really big splash, yay, I'm saved. And then like two years later, they're just they're back to being exactly who they were before their profession of faith. And I think that just reminds us of the importance of roots. And you don't see the roots growing. It doesn't look like there's activity happening, but that's probably the very, very most important thing. And so if you're in a season of dormancy or you're in a season of waiting, or I think about the mission field where- You know, a lot of people are just kind of told, don't expect a whole lot. The first couple of years, the first couple of years are for you just to get to know the culture and the language and the people. And then the fruit comes like roots always have to come first. (laughs) And then the fruit comes. Well, and it is the times when
1: the roots are growing that you're not seeing. And you kind of said this too, but that, that you're not seeing that leafy growth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they said that when we had our lawn, you know, after we had our earthquake, we had to get our trenches dug around the house and the house had to be raised and the foundation fixed. So we had just a terrible yard. So they had to come in and reseed. But what they were saying was you want it to sprout a little,
0: but Mm -hmm. then over
1: the winter is when like, you're going to have root growth and and you're going to need to have that root growth happen, even though you're not seeing anything on the top. The mm-hmm. roots are growing and and that is important so that they can support the plant itself getting bigger. And
0: Exactly. <clears throat> we had a friend who gave us some raspberry cuttings and he even told us, so take these, put them in the ground and then cut the top half off hmm. because otherwise they're going to spend so much time trying to feed their right. their leaves and they're not going to establish their roots. And so sometimes we actually have to Even I think the kind of service example would be sometimes you need to say no to a specific service or a specific calling because you need your roots even deeper to get ready for something even bigger, right?
1: Yeah. And I think if you take it to the level of strictly prayer, you can look at it as, you know, some people think a full prayer journal or a full prayer list is a sign of a Mm -hmm. prolific prayer life. When if you're going through the list and you're journaling but you don't have that true connection with God and mm-hmm. you don't provide time for just connecting whatever that looks like and it yeah. might not look like praying certain prayers for people mm-hmm. it could be just mm-hmm. being in the presence of God or yes. or taking time to just worship in his presence or listening mm-hmm. to praise music and just having that connection and being filled by him and being still and knowing that he's God Um, Not to say that it's a bad sign if you have a full prayer journal, but not to be discouraged if Mm -hmm. your desire is to have all of these outward prayers when there is a time for... Outward dormancy and
0: inward growth and
1: kinetic. exactly,
0: yeah. Or maybe it's flip flopped, and maybe you feel like you're spending so much energy praying for something, and it doesn't look like anything's happening.
1: Oh, that's and a good parallel. so you can
0: be tempted to give up, but that's when God's working on those roots. You know, I think yes. about that specifically for our prayers for the unsaved mm-hmm. or things like that. Definitely. You never know what's happening behind the scenes, and and mm-hmm. I love hearing
1: stories of people like I know at the end of the book by um Lee Strobel. Strobel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lee and Leslie. Um they mm-hmm. were talking about it's the surviving a spiritual mismatch and they're talking about mm-hmm. stories of women that had prayed for their unsaved husbands. And there was one particular story where there was a person they had been praying for years and years and years for their husband. And there was this just totally like random thing that happened that God had, and and they could kind of like go back and see the steps where God had like orchestrated Mm -hmm. things to happen along the way. And
0: -hmm. then this one just
1: seemingly random thing kind of launched this, this husband into, um, professing faith in Jesus. And it, those mm-hmm. kinds of stories where you can see the behind the scenes later on right. and, and kind of untangle mm-hmm. it, it gives us hope for those times when we may never see the behind the scenes or maybe even exactly. never see the outcome, but to give mm-hmm. hope that God can and will be working, even if you can't see it. Amen. For sure. Uh,
0: another analogy that I thought was really fitting is the idea of pruning, you know, even Jesus mm-hmm. talks about this. If Uh, If you're not bearing fruit, he's going to prune you. I don't see that as like, he's going to pluck you up and remove you from, you know, from your roots, like from your church home or anything. But definitely, I know I've gone through pruning seasons where it feels like God is just stripping things away. It's not a fun season to be in, but I know for me, when I do my kind of spring pruning, and that's just another thing, like all these things, they have to happen at the right time. If Mm. you were to try to prune something in the middle of winter, that's just, it's not the right time to do that sort of thing. And I think we can just trust that God knows what season we're in and what we need at what time. But I know with my plants, when I do my spring pruning and make some clippings, like I'll, I'll cut off some of the stems and leaves and put them in water and let them root and There's always part of me that feels bad because I'm like, oh, you know, my, my little plant got a haircut, (laughs) but like two or three weeks later, they look so much more healthy. The ones that I have pruned, uh, there's new growth where before it was just kind of stagnant. I think that like for plants or for our prayer lives, one of the real recipes or antidotes to stagnation is to go through something stressful. Mm Um, I think about this even from a creative standpoint, like for an author who's writing a novel and they feel just creatively bored, sometimes what they need is just something to shake it up. So like, let's say you're writing a book and you come to me and say, like, I'm just, I'm kind of bored. I don't really know where the story's going. And then I come to you and say, okay, well, try uh, killing off the next door neighbor, (laughs) right? Or whatever it is based on what genre you're writing. And sometimes you need that little shaking up from the outside, like a little bit of external, Stress, mm-hmm. in order to kickstart things. Um, so yeah, that was that was what I was thinking about in in terms of pruning. Oh yeah, I actually I experienced this firsthand because I
1: have rose bushes, and I have done a bad job of pruning them over the years. Mm-hmm. And so last year they got to the point where they were spindly and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. There was no there were no roses last. I think it was last year early on, and so. I I went in and I I read that you're supposed to prune them heavily at times, and so mm-hmm. I heavily pruned yeah, them. Yeah, get aggressive to the point mm-hmm. where my kids were like, "What are you doing? Like, there is more brush from I know, and you feel like there's not going to be anything left. Yeah, they they're like, "There's less there than you've taken off." And I said, mm-hmm. just wait. And I was in my heart thinking, oh, please let this work. I know. I <laughs> know. They were beautiful. They came back so Aww. beautifully. Even that season, I thought it would take another season, but even within the, the season, they produced lots of growth and flowers, which I thought it took a whole year mm. cycle for them to do flowering. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really is. And and that's the thing is sometimes when God prunes things away from us or we recognize maybe he will even tell us like this thing needs to be pruned. And, mm-hmm. and I think kind we of think, what are you thinking? There's no way. I know I feel it feels backwards. It feels backwards, and and so I think there's hope and trust in that picture for me is, to think, mm-hmm. okay, uh, what was God thinking, or did He really call me to prune this thing away or get rid of this thing? But it just, yeah, like you said, it without it, things become spindly and sickly. And, mm-hmm. and there's no mm-hmm. holding on. You can't hold on to the things that God needs you to take away, or that He needs to For take sure. away. It's not yeah. Right.
0: And sometimes, you know, it sounds a little harsh. Sometimes I think God's. Methodology involves something along the lines of Jamie, I want you to give this up, or I'm going to put you in a situation where you can't have it anymore. (laughs) You know, it's almost like we could do this the easy way or we could do this the hard way. And no, that's not biblical. That's just kind of anecdotal. Um, I heard a really interesting parallel to world missions and how during seasons, this is a generality, but we see it all the way from Acts. And through modern missions history during times where the church was being obedient to spread the gospel and not just, you know, share it within their little communities, but they were taking it outside. God would, you know, bless their efforts. And then when they kind of became inward focused, that's when things would happen like, Oh, here's the persecution that followed Stephen's stoning that dispersed the believers Mm. or, you know, here's the, um, who was it who kidnapped St. Patrick? Oh, happy St. Patrick's day, by the way.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, this isn't
0: on St. Patrick's day, but it is a, but it's being recorded. Yeah.
1: And I'm wearing, um, that wasn't,
0: I funny. think he was at barbarians. I forget, but it, like, it was always situations yes. like that where God, it was almost as if God's covenant with the church. And again, this isn't biblical. This is just anecdotal, but it was sort of, you guys spread the gospel or I'm going to spread you, right. You, you can go do this on your own, or I am going to bring invaders who are going to kidnap you and take you to other lands. And you're going to, you're going to be my witness one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Jonah and the whale, you know, or the big, yeah. fish,
0: whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, he was mm-hmm. put out where he needed to be. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. What would
0: you say is the most intense pruning you've gone through as a believer? Hmm.
1: Well, before I go to that, there was something that this reminded me of is mm-hmm. our church right now is sending off a church plant. And this is our second uh-huh. one. And they were talking about that in the sermon on Sunday, how sometimes, you know, people look in and think, what are you doing? Because you're taking this, like, like I looked up at the number of people that were going and many of them were like core members of our church that are very mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like into serving in a big way and are going to be missed painfully in some ways in service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pastor said, sometimes people look at, at this kind of thing and say, well, what are you doing? Like, it's hard enough to keep a church running. Why, mm-hmm. and why are you sending people away? And he said, every time there's growth, every time yes. that pruning and that planting, mm-hmm. it's like pruning and then
0: putting that cutting in water. Now you've got two thriving plants. Exactly. So, exactly. And, um, you know, it makes, kind of logical sense too. So let's say that you're Miss Children's Church Helper and you're always there anytime they need someone to jump in last minute. You're the one they know to look to. You keep children's ministry running and then you move over to this church plant and everyone says, oh no, what are we going to do without Jamie? You know what? Other people are going to step up. And those are people who would have stepped up a year or two ago if you hadn't been so competent. And so, yeah, I think for sure, I see this a lot in our finances. Like every so often I get the burst of kind of extreme generosity where it's like, let's empty out the coffers. I mean, not entirely, but let's, let's expand our giving to the point where it feels uncomfortable. And it's that same kind of thing. When you're stagnating spiritually or financially, or, you know, in terms of the fruit that you're bearing for the kingdom, sometimes I think the best thing to do is, yeah, prune it all away, (laughs) uh, do a purge, right? Like a lifestyle purge or a physical purge of like the stuff around you. There's what that does is it makes room for new growth. And I think there's absolutely something to that.
1: Even your prayer list. You've talked about this before. If you feel Mm, overwhelmed you know, and you've got this prayer list and you just kind of feel like either you have become stagnant because you're just reading the same names over and over again, or you feel like it's mm-hmm. too much and you're overwhelmed yeah. and you dread read prayer because they're just, how do I pray for all these people? Mm-hmm. There is a time to take that prayer list before God and not just willy nilly throw it out, you know, but to say, God, are there people that I'm released from praying for, for a time or are there people on this list that need my prayers now more than ever right. that I should focus mm-hmm. on for a time and leave the others yeah. for a little while, however you want to do it or feel led, but mm-hmm.
0: to do I would almost start with a dream. blank. Yeah. Oh, I think a in a case, case like that, yeah. to start blank and say, what do you, yeah, this, you know, not just for prayer lists, but any kind of prayer ritual, right? Yeah. So let's say t- 20 years ago, you made a commitment to read your Bible every morning. And then 10 years ago, you said, I'm going to read my Bible every morning and I'm going to spend 15 minutes with my prayer journal. Then five years ago, you said, I'm going to read my Bible every morning and spend 15 minutes with my prayer journal and listen to praise and worship music for 15 minutes and memorize a passage of the Bible and do this extra Bible study. And like, eventually you get to where you feel like you need three hours just to say hi to God. (laughs) And so, yeah, sometimes... Sometimes you can just strip all that away, start with a totally fresh doer. I picture it's the same thing that happens when you just move. And I'm not saying you pack up and move, <laughs> I'm saying you just move. Like everything stays behind and then you get to decide what you want to add back in.
1: Right. There's something freeing about that, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, did you tell me your pruning story? Do you have I didn't. A, no, a season?
1: I've been trying to think of one um, because I do several come to mind. The very first one that came to mind was when I was in college. I was engaged to someone, not my husband, um, and our engagement came to an end. We had it was it was mostly mutual. It was more on Mm -hmm. his end where he did not feel confident that he wouldn't wanted to get married. And at the time, I would have gone through with it. So it was pretty heartbreaking. Mm Yeah, but I did feel God's firm. Yes, like this is correct. Mm -hmm. You need to call this off. Mm -hmm. This is not my best for you or for him. Wow. So I had built up like a security net of a future. Like in my mind, I knew I had graduated early to be with this person, like to be able to graduate from college early, to be able to get married sooner and, and move to where he lived. And I didn't have a job lined up, but I knew where we were going to be living. I had this picture of our future together. We had been planning and talking. I mean, for months, we were engaged for like Mm -hmm. nine months before we called it off. And that, I I feel like what was stripped away was the idea of a future. And so the way that I described how it felt was, I felt like I was, you know, walking along and there was this big road. And then all of a sudden just this, like I realized that there was this like, canyon all of a sudden Mm -hmm. in front of me where I couldn't Mm -hmm. move forward and it was just missing like where I thought there was this road ahead
0: oh yeah
1: it was powerful though the way that God showed up during that time my faith grew Um, I ended up going on a mission trip to Kenya which was something that I had always I had felt called to go on a missions trip with this organization uh, with Africa Inland Mission but I had not up to that point had an opportunity and then we decided to get married. So I didn't think it would happen. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much growth that happened there. And I went from a place of feeling dependent on another person and also putting my hopes, putting all my eggs in one basket. (laughs) I see what you did there for this future that really wasn't real. So it was very, so it was Mm -hmm. intensely painful. One of the most painful things I've been through. And definitely the most painful thing I had gone through up to that point. Right. And yet so good and so right. And God's
0: hand was all over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. You know, I think there are lots of seasons where I can think of like a thing that was pruned or a hardship that we went through, like a stressor that led to growth. Um, Going back to plant analogies. I think you might have even been the one to mention this before. Do you know how to get tomatoes to become tomatoes and not just like flowers and leaves.
1: Yes. By agitating them or like flicking the flowers or shaking them or doing something or uh, withholding
0: water. Yeah. That's the one I heard. I think you might've mentioned it Mm -hmm. because I don't grow tomatoes, but it stuck with me that sometimes the stress of that is what causes the fruit, right? Sometimes like I picture this tomato plant that's just super happy with its leaves and its foliage and its nice right. roots. Yeah. So wh- what's the purpose of, of making fruit? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the picture of just a happily complacent Christian. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah, sometimes we're in seasons where we're focusing inward, we're focusing on the prayer side or mm-hmm. things like that, or we're focusing on our family and what's going on internally. But eventually that needs to produce outward fruit or what's the point, right? Like a tomato plant, that's just pretty leaves is base, It's not good for anything. Nope. So um, I think about that in terms of like stressors that lead to fruit. So basically any hardship our family's gone through, you know, I can point back to lead to what it led to, I think in terms of like a, a season of pruning, most recently, probably just all of 2020, you know, mm-hmm. my creativity and my novel writing took a big hit. Um, I had a similar experience to you where it's like, I thought I had a pretty clear picture of what at least our next several years as a family were going to look like. Yeah. And and then it turned into like a year ago today, it was like, are we even going to be alive to see our kids through the year, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so that's that's the one that comes to my mind is the most intense kind of season of it. But I think, yeah, anything that was stressful, you can look back and just see the fruit that God produced. And I think that's a nice exercise to go through from time to time. So another kind of thing I was thinking about is how each type of plant is treated differently differently. do you want a little show and tell? Cause I brought some over for show and tell. Yes.
1: And for those of you that don't know, if you are a part of our Patreon community, which is a group of people that contribute to the podcast to help us keep things running, you get access to the video versions of these podcast episodes. We don't have a lot of people that know that, but our Patreon community does get that. So if you're interested, you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner and check out how to join Patreon for as little as a dollar a month to support the podcast. So
0: yeah. Little you bit know, fun. it would be really fun. Yeah. So we have some merch now, right? We have oh, like some yeah. mugs and things like that. Like what if we added a prayer plant store and we can like oh. mail off little prayer plant clippings to our listeners and they'll all come from like either your mother plant or my mother plant and they'll be all around the world <laughs>
1: be so that fun. would be so fun I don't know if there would be like
0: uh customs problems That's with that true I don't, I don't know about a
1: prayer plant it's not like it's a you know
0: well like a- I know there's issues like when people move from Alaska and drive through the lower 48, I'm sorry, drive through Canada to get to the lower 48, like you, you can't have your house plants in dirt. So you either oh, have to leave them here or you have to basically like pack them up, just like roots <laughs> and bring them over. So oh, well, at the very least, our U.S. listeners can get little clippings that would we be need so to fun. look into
1: that that would be so fun at the very least we could have a little prayer plant as our you know, know. like on on a logo or something that would be
0: cool that would be yeah. very cool so but yeah show and tell yeah i'm gonna do some show and tell and i'll make it so that if people are listening you're not gonna feel like you've missed out too much but like the the purpose i've, I've got a couple purposes i pulled out some plants to show you with like little lessons for each so like this is this is little sunday school teacher alana with the object lessons
1: oh it's my right. favorite
0: i love it so This is like this itty bitty parlor palm. Like it looks like a palm tree, but it's what, maybe like four inches tall. It's so tiny. Um, I love it. it's, It's itty bitty bitty. These can grow to four or five feet tall. And this one I've had for a little less than a year. And it's probably not quite doubled in size. So it started even smaller. This one is the exact same plants, but one year older and you can see so much difference. It's taller, but an even bigger difference is just like, it's really bushier. Like my brand new one, it kind of has like three little stalks, you know, with little palm leaves. And this one's got like at least 12. And a couple of the, so here are our our Sunday school object lessons for that. Uh, One of them is sometimes we don't see the growth until we remember where we were previously, which is oh, why sometimes yeah. it's taking a little bit of time to be reflective, to go through like our praying in the new year, uh, prayer retreat where we start by saying, let's reflect on last year. Sometimes we don't notice the growth until we kind of see it side by side, you know, or you see a picture of you when you were like two months postpartum, and then you you can see the difference. But at that point, you didn't notice it. So, you know, for our prayer lives, I think there are kind of two takeaways. One is we might not see the difference that our prayers are making. And that can mean that we need to persevere even when we feel like giving up. Mm -hmm. And that's why the reflecting is really important. I think that's why so many times in the Old Testament, the Lord ordained a feast or a festival or a reading or a stone being erected to remind people of what did happen. And and then the other, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that's what
1: I love about prayer journaling is there's, that's such Mm -hmm. a benefit is, that you can reflect, you know, I mean, because you Mm -hmm. can reflect abstractly, but when you have it written down and you see how you've grown in your prayer life, you see where you were this time a year ago and where you Mm -hmm. are now and kind of how God Mm -hmm. has brought you through different seasons. um, I think that could be a really great way to do that reflecting.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, object lesson number two is maybe you don't feel like you've grown at all. Maybe you feel like you've just been stagnant in your faith for years and maybe that's just because you see yourself every day, right? So mm-hmm. think about all the things that have come to you, all the stresses that you've gone through. And I'm sure you'll find areas where you can see, you know, God's hand working in your life, even if at the moment it doesn't feel like much has happened.
1: I think that's a great reminder too. And I don't know, this isn't exactly a horticultural lesson, but it's a lesson mm-hmm. from, you know, um, onions and it's just the idea that there's another category that I've experienced. And did I make you snarf the almost a little nose? bit? You said I'm onions, trying. right?
0: As I was trying to get us. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be funny.
1: Well, I feel because onions like, have
0: layers. Shrek taught me that. That is always what I think. But parfaits do also. Parf- and- have you ever heard anybody say, do you want a parfait? And they say, no, I don't like no parfait. <laughs> I love Shrek. Um
1: with, okay. So, so I've had this phenomenon before where in my spiritual life, I feel like I'm getting worse. Mm-hmm. And what it really yeah. is, is that God is peeling layers back to reveal yeah. thin, to reveal areas that mm-hmm. need improvement. And I'm, I'm progressing through and becoming better. And it's like a refining process. And I don't want to get into like mixing metaphors though, cause we're talking about onions. So he's peeling one layer back at a time, but then mm-hmm. you see the next layer underneath that you didn't know was there, right? But that's progress too. That's growth it is. as well because- But it can feel discouraging. It can feel discouraging. So, but mm-hmm. just a not to be discouraged if you're just like, you know, I, so a friend of ours um, in Arizona, always loves to talk about how our pastor's wife was kind of mentoring her in her faith. She had just become a Christian. And she said to mm-hmm. my, our pastor's wife, you know, I don't really think I sin all that much. And, <laughs> and, and our pastor's wife very wisely said, okay, but what you need to do is to ask God to open your eyes to ways that you're sinning against mm-hmm. him. And she's like, mm-hmm. okay. And she took a week and she just, she oh, no. was just laughing. She was like, <laughs> why did I even pray that prayer? You know, now, uh-huh. I, now I do see, but, and the important thing is to open our eyes to that sin, not so we can just wallow and think, whoa, I'm worse off than I thought I was, or I'm getting worse, but to say, thank you God for opening my eyes to that area that I need to grow in that thing that I need to put aside. Mm-hmm. So then I can move on to the next layer
0: of refinement and sanctification. For sure. Anyway, for sure. That's just an aside. So- for more show and tell, this is my pothos, uh, one of them. I have a bunch of them. It's what like is it called again? Pothos, P-O-T-H-O-S. Okay. And pothos. it's like, the, I don't know. It might be pothos. I've always, I've never heard it. It's one of those I've only read. But like, it's literally the easiest plants to grow. Um, my very first venture into houseplants happened when we moved into a home that had four dead plants sitting on a porch step. And we were in the middle of moving. So we just left him and I ignored him. And then we got a couple days of really heavy rain. And then all of a sudden I saw these like four green living plants. So I brought them in the house and it turns out that's what they were. So like they're, they're kind of indestructible. Um, And the reason I wanted to show those was again, to drive home this point that like house plants require such different care, like the prayer plants that we talked about, they're, they're pretty particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one, it's called, um, or the nerve plant and they're such drama queens. Like if they get a little bit cold, they look like they die overnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they just like, they fall over limp and you know, like my pathos I could ignore for two months, I'm sure. And then put them back in sun and give them some water and they'll be pretty fine. And I wanted to talk about the difference between some of the callings that we have, because so often we expect everybody to be on completely equal footing. And so if I spend 10 more minutes in prayer than Jamie, that I must be, you know, 10% more spiritual or like, we just have, we have these goofy ways yeah. of trying to analyze how spiritually healthy we are, mm-hmm. but often involve comparing ourselves to others. And similarly, we have been given callings and destinies and some of them truly are easier than others. Like there's, there's no polite way to say it. We've not all been doled out. It's like the guy who the master who gave his servants, the talents, they didn't all get the exact same number of talents and it has nothing to do with anything other than he gave some more and some less. And I'm really butchering the lesson i want to drive home no but, i think you're doing a good job <laughs> but what it is you. is like so like let's say you're this beautiful pothos and you're looking at my i didn't bring one okay here's one that's kind of suffering i'm going to talk about this guy next but Gimli knocked him over oh. and so like he's got a hole in his sleeve this is like a third of what he was i have him in water now just to kind of like calm down and settle like if you were to compare you know, these two, this one's been in soil, it's been in sunlight, it's getting every single thing it needs. This one, like two days ago, was uprooted, chewed on, spit out. <laughs> I found it just on the floor with a dog who was just rolling in the dirt. And so, like, we okay, here's a lesson we need to stop comparing ourselves to each other. Let's just keep it really, really simple because you don't know where somebody else has been you don't know what kind of hardships or stress they've gone through. And it could very well be that if they were put into your soil, they would be 20 times more beautiful and strong and impressive than you are right now. So I think the takeaway is like, let's make sure that to what we have been given, we are living up to that and let's not put stupid expectations on ourselves or on others to all try to like match some sort of uniform level of performance when it comes to our spiritual lives or our prayer lives or things like that.
1: Oh, I agree. And I think that, you know, it goes both ways. You can compare yourself to someone else and feel inferior because you're not that, Mm -hmm. or you can look Mm -hmm. at someone else and think, what's the deal? Why is this person doing, you know, get it together. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that can also be true for our prayer styles. Like, um, yes. You know, there are some people not that, Okay. So there, there's always a balance on one hand, we don't want to say, well, God made me this way for me. I'll give myself as an example. Well, God, God made me not, not super organized and, and list driven. So I'm not so great at keeping track and, and having lists that are written out and, and being meticulous and disciplined. I'm not, discipline is not my forte. So that's okay. I'm just going to let that slide. Um, you don't want to do that when there's a benefit to some level of discipline and sure. I want to improve in that area and I can learn from people who are better in that area. And I have, like, you are amazing at having a disciplined regimented prayer life with you're great at journaling. Like you're all of the things that I am lacking in, in, in those ways. And I've learned so much from the, the tips that you have, the, um, like post-it note strategies. Uh I I love the (laughs) post-its. And you know, like Sherry, who's part of our team and and does a lot for praying Christian women is very organized. And like, I've learned a lot from her in terms of organizing certain things. So I just feel like you do want to grow, but on the other hand, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say I have to be this type. I have to look exactly like Alana in the way that I pray or I'm not a good enough prayer warrior because I mm-hmm, have things mm-hmm. I'm sure that that are strengths that not everyone else has and so there's this balance of embracing who we are and our strengths and how God made us and and praying in ways that I don't know take advantage of the way that God made us exactly prayer styles yeah
0: but being Absolutely. open to growth in other areas too, being open to stretching ourselves as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with house plants, there are some that the worst thing you can do for them is overwater them. Right. Right. Like the the pothos that I showed you. Like they like to get really, really dry and then to have a really big soak. Like that reminds me of the person who they have a busy life. And then on the weekends, they just spend like they Give themselves a Saturday retreat every single Saturday with the Lord. You know, somebody who does their 25 minutes every single morning at 5 a.m. might look at our Saturday believer and be like, oh, well, I suppose I'm more disciplined than you. No, you just have different spiritual needs. Uh, You know how plants come with like care instructions, yes. I think it would be really fun to think about like, what if you were a plant and God like wrote out instructions for your care? Like, what do you need to be physically healthy? Oh, so I like, like that. yeah, mine would probably be like, give Alana, give this, <laughs> give this house plant, give this prayer, um, at least an hour to an hour and a half every day to walk and pace and make sure that, the noise in the house isn't like constant um make sure that at least half the time there is a quiet place for her to retreat and um make sure that there's you know sporadically she needs some music right like that would be like the fertilizing like you don't need it every day but you know you can't go too long (laughs) between it what would your care instructions be I've been thinking, I mean, I
1: definitely, uh, definitely need some alone time to be with myself and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I do need some quiet alone time to process mm-hmm. my thoughts. Um, I need, I don't know. I hate to say it even, but I need a little bit of, I, I can get complacent easily um, especially when it comes to—I'm not even going to say that—I uh, can okay. get complacent when it and it's in in my prayer life, and sometimes a little bit of adversity. Drives me to my knees, and I right. I appreciate it, and I hate even saying that I'm not. I get what saying you're saying. Yeah. I get what God you're saying. To give me, but a mm-hmm. little like there are the there's these there are these attention. You don't where, want to. You're yes. like
0: the tomato plant. You don't yeah. want to just sit there with no stress at all and never have a need to put your fruit out.
1: Yeah, and I just see these times of stress have been such fruit bearing, like dr- forward driving times mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. a time for foliage
0: too i don't know absolutely um, yeah. yeah i'm almost the opposite and that actually brings me back to another object lesson so let me go back to this little guy that my dog <laughs> knocked over oh, so know. he was uh he was much bigger than this <laughs> the plant not the dog <laughs> uh, and so right now i've got this just kind of sort of sad looking thing i took it out of the um out of the dirt. I have them just like in a jar of water that I'm cleaning out every day. And I know for me, my care instructions would almost be the opposite of yours. It would be like, if she has to go through a stressful situation, make sure that you triple her quiet time and her rest. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> And because for me, I know when there's a lot of just stress, even if it's good stress, Or if there's disunity, even if I'm not even directly involved, Mm -hmm. like if I know that people over here kind of in my peripheral circle are at odds with each other, like I don't function as well. Yeah, And I think we need to learn how to become discerning about what can be expected of us from day to day. So like when I do my trainings for authors, the question becomes like, what do I have the energy for today? And... I'm going to make myself a promise that I'm always going to be functioning at, you know, let's call it 80% of capacity or above, right? Some days, like if you're dealing with depression or chronic illness or a newborn or, you know, sickness, your 80% of energy is maybe going to be like, well, I got the family fed and I took a shower <laughs> and that's okay. Like that's not a failure. That's living up to what you've got the potential for. So I think even as, as prayer warriors or as women who are devoted to prayer, I think that we need to get more used to checking in with where you are right now. I may not be able to pray today. Like I was able to pray two months ago, just because of who knows how well I slept last night or where am I at in my hormonal cycle or what's going on in the world but i definitely want to make sure that i am praying to my today capacity right and just getting in the habit like when we expect too much of ourselves that's where we can get really really burned out and that's like this poor little guy who basically like he needed to just get out of his soil get out of that environment and he needs time to just like sit and soak up some water and soak up some sunshine you know i think about elijah who was you know, I am I do not have the qualifications to make this a, a diagnosis, but he's suicidal and he can't get out of bed. Like I would call that depression. I would call yeah. that clinical depression. Yeah. And God's antidote was, let me give you some food. Let me send these birds to give you food. And why don't you just sleep a lot? Sometimes we need those seasons of rest and we need to accept those as gifts from the Lord. Kind of like what I was saying about, the mission field, how like, if we're not actively going out, like not we, you and me as individuals, but we, as a church, if we're not going, that like God's going to find a way to get us out there. I think the same happens with our rest. I know for me, if I overwork myself, I get sick. And so basically God's covenant with my body is either you rest up on your time, or I'm going to make you rest because I know that you need it. Right. Um, And so sometimes when we've gone through really, really hard times and your hard time might look like somebody else, might not look like somebody else's hard time, right? Maybe for you, it's your favorite plant died and you're devastated and you feel silly, but it makes you sad for a week. You know what? Go ahead. God knows you're sad for a week. (laughs) You don't need to compare that to your next door neighbor whose child died and say, oh, well, I can't be sad, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Like we can be compassionate for each other, but it doesn't mean we're, we, we, also need to be compassionate with ourselves. So if you're sad, go ahead and be sad. If you're stressed, recognize that you're stressed and give yourself some of that. Sometimes you need to know when it's time to pull yourself out from the soil, throw yourself in water and just soak up some sun and some nutrients. Yeah. We, we talked about this in, um, in a couple
1: of our COVID conversations about how mm-hmm. not everyone's experience with the pandemic has been parallel or yes. the same, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but for everyone, there's been something, whether it's, <clears throat> a, you know, senior in high school who yeah. didn't get to go to the prom or didn't mm-hmm. get to have a graduation with people yeah. there attending, or, you know, on the other hand, a kid who doesn't understand why they can't have their friends over, you know, mm-hmm. and and then you've got someone who lost a loved one to go right those are not necessarily on the same plane as worried, exactly. And yet mm-hmm. they're all valid. And so right. we not discount our own place. And yeah, and I guess I just think that was a perfect analogy with the tag, the care tag and, right. and not that it's a one size fits all tag that you get at birth and then you die with it's every day. <laughs> uh-huh. every day it's different. So assess mm-hmm. where you are and not be afraid to, um, to tune into that tag, because God knows it's there. It's not like you have to be ashamed or feel Mm -hmm. like you have to put up a front with God. He knows, he knows exactly what you need when you need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes we can learn even from, even from plants, they kind of tell you what they need. Right. And you, you kind of get to recognize, okay, so my leaves are looking kind of yellowy. What does that mean? My stems are kind of droopy. What does that mean? I'm getting leggy, right. Where you're like a really long stem with like an itty bitty leaf. What does that mean? We can look for signs for that within ourselves too. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about the praying through the steps to forgiveness, how sometimes your reaction to people is going to show you when it's time to take yourself through, you know, those, those forgiveness steps or that healing and cleansing process. And so I think so much of it is about allowing yourself the luxury of being a little introspective And just, yeah, doing that kind of daily or at least weekly checking in, how am I doing spiritually? How is my prayer energy? What can I do to give myself better care, right? Like, how can I take care of this body that I've been given? What is one one more thing that I can do. And I think some people are going to feel guilty about that. I think that there's still kind of this stigma that anything that's labeled as self-care is extravagant and luxurious and a waste of time and energy. But if it is improving your ability to serve the Lord, if it's ability, improving your ability to pray, if it's just, expanding your mindset. Like, so think about somebody who's in just chronic, chronic pain, and that's kind of all you have the energy to focus on, right? Like I remember I got my wisdom teeth out years ago and there was maybe like a 15 minute window between when I got home and when my husband came back. So I came home, he went out to pick up the prescription pain meds. And there was like a 15 minute window that all of the numbing the dentist had given me wore off. And There was like 15 minutes where, like, and the kids were little. They were like one in three or something like that, Mm -hmm. where I couldn't even, like, the thought of listening to them hurt. Like, I didn't even have the brain capacity to, like, understand what my kids were saying. And sometimes we need to do that kind of check in with ourselves because in order to pray at our peak, at our most passionate, at our most energetic, It's helpful if we're able to do that from a place of being healthy and well-rested. And no, that doesn't mean that, you know, let's say you, you catch a cold and you're like, oh no, I sinned because I didn't take care of myself. You know, like some things just happen or, or even stress. Like I've been needing to remind myself, like, it's not a sin to be in a stressful situation, but I feel like there are so many sermons that preach against anxiety and they make it out like all you need to do is pray and read your Bible and you shouldn't ever feel stressed or anxious. Sometimes you just, you walk through a stressful time. You know, like if if we weren't, if being highly spiritual made you immune to stress, then Jesus wouldn't have wept in Gethsemane. He would have been asleep like the disciples <laughs> would have been sleeping like a baby. And so we just, we need to recognize, again, this is where kind of that idea of cycles comes in. Where, where are you at right now? And are you performing to your level today?
1: Yeah. Oh, I think that's all so good and so important. Um, Both there were two, two of our, just to give like a, I don't know, sneak peek at our online conference mm-hmm. that's yeah. coming up there were two topics that we're going to cover in depth in this conference. Um, Dr. Sondra Dalton Smith is going to talk about the seven types of rest and Mm. how we can identify these different areas where we're lacking in rest for the, and and what she talks about a lot is the fact that self-care in, in making sure that we are rested in all of these seven areas is not selfish. It's something that can Mm -hmm. help us to, protect our ability to be our best as prayer warriors, as yeah. just living out the callings God has given us. Um, mm-hmm. And another one was, was when you're in chronic pain and we have um, Heather Hart from candidly mm-hmm. Christian is going to be yeah. talking about what to do when you are really wanting to have a vibrant prayer life, but you're in chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you even do? And she's got some amazing yeah. insights from her own experiences there. So.
0: Yeah. I'm super excited. Well, do you want to give the, the link for that? And yeah, let people I do not know. Think should we, we just make this our official? I mean, well, no, we're getting towards the end of, I, I have one more show and tell, but let's go ahead since we're on the topic, let's, okay. let's let people know how they can sign up. So yeah, we're both so excited to bring you this conference.
1: Yeah. So this is the Praying Christian Women online conference, and it is the first one that we're doing. We have 23 speakers. Um, it'll be three days. It'll be from April 12th. Um, wait. Yeah, 12th, 14th, (laughs) I have the wrong dates on there, but it's three days, April, Uh Monday through Wednesday, April 12th, 13th and 14th. And if you wanna find out more, you can go to our website. It's prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2021. And you can see our whole lineup of speakers, their topics. You can see what days, what speakers are talking and it's a free conference. And you just um, sign up on that. Uh, on that page, which is prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2021. And yeah, it's, it's going to be really neat. We're going to have a lot of just incredible speakers every time I it's pre-recorded from on our end, but you're going to watch it live on those three days. And for 24 hours, After each talk goes live, you're able to access those talks. So you'll be able to watch them for free within 24 hours of going live. But so many amazing speakers. Every time I record an interview or get a video in from these ladies, I'm just amazed at the unique messages that God has placed on each of their hearts, but that are all like pointing to the same purpose of
0: Mm -hmm. helping us
1: to just equip us to have these
0: powerful, passionate prayer lives. So, it's so exciting. Yeah. So I've got one more show and tell. Yeah. Show us partially because there is an object lesson involved and partially because I, I love this little guy a lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it's itty bitty. This is called a wandering dude and he's been in water for a couple days and I doubt you can see it, but he's got like two itty bitty, like baby hair, fine roots coming out. I see. And what I wanted to show, I wanted to compare this guy who's just like beautiful and there's something about him that just kind of has it like almost newborn beauty, right? Like yes. it's, it's crystal clear water. It's itty bitty, like perfect roots that have never been in soil yet. Mm-hmm. And I want to compare that to this guy that my dog <laughs> chewed up. Where like, same thing, it's in water, but the roots are like, they're dirty. They're, you know, like I tried to rinse most of the dirt off, but you can't get all of that off. And like the the leaves are old. Like you can tell this, this plant here has been through some trauma. <laughs> and I guess what I wanted to show is just like, there's there's beauty in both, mm-hmm. right? There's beauty in being brand new, Uh, So let's, let's talk about like a a brand new calling, right? You have a baby calling. (laughs) Babies need a lot more care, right? Like I can't, I maybe could, but I'm not going to just like stick this in soil and hope for the best, right? Right. I am going to spend weeks nurturing this, letting the roots get bigger, making sure it gets lots of light. Then I'm going to give it the very best soil. Like I'm going to take care of this, like, baby because it is like it's a baby it's never been in soil before like it needs it needs hand holding and i think of that as like our calling when you get a brand new calling almost like the conference right like we've never done something like this before it it feels scary it feels like something that we need to nurture and Mm -hmm. bring forth into the world and then like there's something like this where it's like, you know, here's a tooth mark from a hundred and twenty-pound dog or at least a hundred and ten-pound dog, right? Like here are these roots that had been in dirt and now they're in water. And but there's something beautiful about that as well. You know, there's something beautiful about having your battle scars mm-hmm. and having gone through the the ups and downs of life. And like it would be wrong. So let's say that both of these are Christians, right? It would be so terrible for my little baby plant in pristine water with itty bitty, beautiful roots to look at this like kind of dirty water and be like, oh, you're, you're dirty or you're um, polluted or "I, I can't you're tainted. Yeah. And similarly, like it would be, it would be wrong for this guy here that my dog chewed up to look at this little bitty baby and be like, Oh, well, you're so stupid. You've never seen anything. You're just wait until you get your first bite from a dog. You know, like we, I just feel like there's, there's beauty in all of our paths to growth and we're all on a different path to growth. So your path to growth might involve a lot of adversity and a lot of tears, and maybe even a lot of sinful mistakes. And somebody else's path to growth might involve a lot of just seasons of quiet where it doesn't look like anything's happening. Whatever kind of trajectory you're on is a beautiful trajectory. And the only thing that we don't wanna happen is we don't wanna stay stagnant for too long, right? There's a difference between being fruitless, for lack of a better word, in order to grow your roots and just doing nothing at all right it's totally fine to have seasons where we're focusing inward and we're focusing on our roots and we're focusing on on those internal things but um There's also times for us to focus on the outward stuff, the good works, the service, the serving your church or building up the body of Christ, or we can almost compare it to the two kind of main types of prayer right The like contemplative introspective prayer, and the intercession prayer that's you know outward focus and for others and, and for the world and we can find a balance of both. And my balance might not look like your balance, right? My care tag says I need like an hour of kind of nothing time in my brain <laughs> to have a healthy prayer life. And your, your tag might not have that same thing. And that's okay. I'm not going to look down on you. You're not going to look down on me. We can both appreciate the journey that the other is on without envy or comparison or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And to celebrate that, you know, and to celebrate that
1: God has made many members of the body. Mm-hmm. And if we were all the same, we couldn't accomplish the the greatness of what God needs to get done. Or yeah. if we were all the same, we wouldn't reflect God's multifaceted mm-hmm. yeah. personality or or his attributes. I mean, he's, he needs all different kinds of people to to reflect who he is and to accomplish, you know, and one more thing Mm -hmm. that's uh, not to drag this on and on, but I just think about um, some people are very comfortable in a Christian setting with a lot of Christians, encouraging Mm -hmm. Christians, other Mm -hmm. people might seem more rough around the edges because they are designed and equipped to be in, uh, in situations with a lot of people that aren't believers Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that Paul, like being all things to all people. And I don't know. I just see there can be judgment there in different, different Mm -hmm. styles of interacting with people and and the ways that God uses us to influence others. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I know I've shared it before, but it's probably been a while. Do you remember my story about the two monks and the beds? I don't remember it. okay it good because that means Tell that means it. it's <laughs> probably our listeners don't either. So this it's just like this itty bitty cute kind of parable story but it really drove home to me. Uh, like outside of parables in the Bible this is probably the one that's had the biggest impact on me. And so the parable goes there are two monks and monk number one goes to his superior and complains because monk number two is sleeping on a mattress on the floor whereas this monk you know the holy monk is sleeping just on the ground and so he goes and complains to his superior and he's saying I thought as monks we were supposed to give up you know worldly pleasures and yet here's my brother sleeping on a mattress and the superior I forget all the monk terminology so forgive me He says to the complaining monk, he says, okay, remind me again, what did you do before you became a monk? And he said, well, I was a shepherd. And the superior says, and where did you sleep? And he said, I slept outside on the ground underneath the stars. And the superior said, oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Now, can you also refresh my memory? Where was your fellow monk and what did he do before he joined us? And the complaining monk says, well, he was an aristocrat. And the superior says, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Can you remind me where he slept? And he's like, well, you know, he slept in the lap of luxury in a feather bed. And, you know, kind of to drive home what is probably already (laughs) apparent. The complaining monk, by sleeping in a room on a floor, had moved up in the world, right? He was more comfortable and more protected from the elements than he had been as a shepherd. Whereas the other monk had given up so much yeah, he still slept on a mattress, but he had given up so much. Whereas the other monk had kind of, you know, stepped up a level in terms of worldly comfort. And what that has always driven home in my mind is you can't compare where, like, I can't compare where Jamie's at today because Jamie started it in a totally different spot, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can stay in your own lane, folks. It's <laughs> probably the, the main lesson, but have grace towards others, you know, um, yeah, the, the Christian who maybe like in the middle of a a conversation lets out a word that you wouldn't say, well, do you know what? Maybe they gave up 500 other words that you've never even heard of before. (laughs) And they kept one little one. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes we just, we need to remember that we all started at different places. Mm -hmm. We all have different care tags. Um, at any given time on these videos, I'm sure there are probably at least 15 different plants, you know, in screen. And it would be really, really boring if every single one of them is exactly the same. Right. And so we need to appreciate the diversity that God has given us and focus on our growth and extend grace to others and to ourselves as well. Right. Some of us need to practice better at extending grace and compassion to other people than to ourselves but wherever you fall like let's just remember that grace and that idea of you can you don't know where somebody else has been and so it's not your job to look down your nose at another believer that's
1: good that is really good
0: yeah is there anything else you want to add from our lessons on horticulture no but that was
1: great I really I there are so many lessons from from plants and I yeah we could keep going but I know I think that's great for now I think those are all great uh food for thought
0: (laughs) (laughs) we really planted some interesting seeds today didn't we yes we did I think we need to just
1: leave it alone for now
0: All right, I will let you have the last word. I will not try to (laughs) continue on up any of them. (laughs) Should you all want to run out and buy yourselves some prayer plants, go do that and send us pictures. (laughs) And we will leave you now with our blessing and benediction. May God fill your heart today with the assurance of your salvation. May you rest whole and complete in the promise that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. May you know with certainty that your sins are forgiven on account of his name. May the hope of God's eternal kingdom fill you with joy and perseverance through whatever light and momentary trials you face this day.
1: Our benediction is from Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen.